set. Places, everybody. And action. Hi, guys. You're listening to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast where two black women discuss movies. I'm Brittany. And I'm Ashley. And on this week's episode, we're discussing Brown Sugar from 2002, directed by Rick Feminiva. So we're back with another romantic comedy. Um, This one is kind of expanding upon our thesis from our last episode, um, when we did When Harry Met Sally, just moving it in a different direction. Um, We're talking hip hop and friendships this week. And the reason why I kind of paired these two films together, um, for some reason, Brown Sugar just felt like a fall movie. Um, I don't know why, but 2002 as a year reminds me of the color brown. I don't know why. And it just felt like something that you will watch around this time of year, around fall. So I felt like these films kind of paired well, really um, paired well together. It would be nice to talk about um and it's been a while since i've watched them this movie came out in the fall came out in october of that year so yeah we're just we're revisiting this um so when looking um up this movie i found something that was kind of interesting from an article about um written by Alphonse Pierre, who was revisiting the film last year um it was a vice article and it was apparently this film was inspired by the Mary J. Blige song, <laughs> Seven Days, which is one of my favorite films. I mean, favorite songs by Mary J. Blige. Um, so the screenwriter, Michael Elliott, kind of found inspiration in that song and went from there with his script. And then the director kind of helped hone the script in a new direction. And that's where we came up with the film Brown Sugar. Um, and this is the third film we've covered with Tay Diggs in it now? Because uh, mm. we did we did go Oh yeah, one Christmas. In there. Yeah, this um, is our third one, I think. Yeah, How Solo Got a Group back now, Brown Sugar. Yeah, when we do The Best Man, we will have completed the, I don't know, quadruple factor something because yeah. <laughs> um, all these other movies I don't really but <laughs> the but, wood uh, is good the wood is good oh yeah I skipped over that but um yeah yeah this is our this is our third one um I mean he's pretty good in it he's still on Instagram acting ridiculous so oh, did you see the latest I have not the video? I, I saw it on mute, and that was enough. So <laughs> I don't unmute a lot of these, these things I watch. I just the 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 movement was enough that I was like, no, I'm I'm a good. And somebody's like, oh, he's a theater kid through and through. And I was like, yep, that's enough. Don't need any more. <laughs> so I don't know what he was saying. I don't know if he was hype. I don't know if he was just high on life. But I'm happy for him. In his hats. Well, he didn't have a hat on in that movie or in that in that video, but I'm happy for his hats. Yeah, he was hatless. Thank you. Thank you. Because, <laughs> yeah, them hats. 
very uncleish. Yeah, he had one of those hats on in this movie, and I said, God damn it. <laughs> I hate those hats. Those hats, well, they they were of the time then. Everybody had on those hats and those, um, like, I don't, how do you describe them? They're like sneakers, but they're not sneakers. They were like. They're like dressy <sighs> sneakers. I forget yeah. who made those. It might have been Mark they're, Echo or somebody, but I remember those and I'm just like, oh God. <laughs> they were hideous. Yeah, they were like like cream colored with like black. If it's the same ones I'm thinking of. Fashion in 2002 was, I know everybody thinks it's very great because you weren't there, but for me who was there, <laughs> it's kind of dry. <laughs> vests. Yeah, People lots of vests. vests. Lots of vests. And of course, we're talking about the East Coast, so there's a whole different look and feel. And sometimes they're okay with looking old. Because <laughs> all those hats remind me of is my uncle. Very uncle hat. So what is this film about? Uh, so it's basically about two people, um, Andre and Sydney, who are respectively... An A&R at a fictional record company, which I think is supposed to be basically like an Epic Records or something, some major label. And Sydney, who was, I think she's originally a journalist at LA Times, and now she is, I think, editor-in-chief of XXL. Um, and they have kind of had this relationship formed around hip-hop music since basically since it started um, since they were young children. They kind of met listening to um, like a bunch of really famous rappers. I guess, well, I would say famous because like depending on how old you are, you might not know who these people are. But in terms of like the foundation of the genre, these are very influential people. Um, and they have kind of grown this love of music and they have kind of gone through a lot in their respective lives um, but they're coming to a point where they're starting to grow up and grow apart because people are getting married and and then they're trying to you know call their feelings into question because the whole sort of mer metaphor through the whole movie is kind of hip-hop as like almost like a friend that you've kind of your relationship too has grown and changed or Sydney's relationship has grown and changed. And so um, there's also like a lot of like, oh, are we friends? Are we more than friends? And that kind of thing. And um, it's all kind of interesting, I guess, how they kind of relate to it because at the time when this was made, hip hop was still not necessarily pop music like it is now. Um, and it was kind of interesting to like go back and be like, oh yeah, like back when I was really like music obsessed, I kind of had more, more and more thoughts on it. But as we get farther into the new millennium, I have less thoughts about popular music nowadays. But at the time, like I kind of started to grow into, you know, people were becoming moguls and making all this money and, and and things had changed from this, like, people freestyling on the block. <laughs> so that's kind of how Sydney relates to her relationship with Dre and with hip-hop music is kind of like this ever-growing 
and constantly evolving thing. So it kind of is interesting how they, um, it kind of links back to each other because a lot of times when she's talking about hip hop music, she's actually just talking about Dre and vice versa. So, um, but yeah, you kind of see how these two have kind of formed this friendship over music and how it's kind of grown and changed. And it's very, it's a very cute movie. Very fall. I have not seen this in actually a while, <laughs> a long time actually. Like I revisited a little bit earlier this year, um, but watching it now for the show, it made me realize a couple of things. One of it being like how young hip hop or rap is as a genre. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's, it started in like the late seventies, early eighties. Um, and that's not long ago at all. Um, especially for like, if we're talking about like the characters as they grow up with the movie, like they're young adult, well, they're like in their late twenties yeah, in this they, film in 2002. Yeah. At um, one point she says we're almost, a, we're almost 30. And I was like, well, shit. But <laughs> cause I guess like at this point. Yeah, you would be, they'd have to be born in probably the mid-70s, maybe, mm-hmm. um, for this to be, like, for them to be still in their mid-20s. And a lot of, I mean, a lot of famous rappers, people who've kind of been the foundations and um, sort of the influencers of early hip-hop music were also born in the 70s. This is why when people like DMX and so forth pass away, it's kind of like a blow because you're literally watching like the pillars of the genre die in front of you. And so it's really hard because it's not a, it's not a, a very young, I mean, it's a young genre. It feels like it's gotten old, but like it's really in, in the, in the space of like everything else. It's one of the more maligned genres for a while. People kind of treated it as a trend, like this would never be a thing. Um, And now it's like one of the most, I mean, it is the most influential genre in the world. You see rap music being done by people in Italy, (laughs) Uh, by people in India, people in South Korea, (laughs) like it's places that you know, there's probably not a very strong black American presence or black presence that have just as much like interest in the culture for better or for worse, depending on how you look at it. But it is very interesting to see because at this point, like, you know, people are just becoming very wealthy just off the strength of having been, you know, like maybe they had like a small record label they started with their friends or they you know were rapping i mean all the shit with jay-z and stuff like i don't think jay-z had even even begun to lay like he had probably just started laying the groundwork for all the stuff he does now back then like everything was still everything was still very much in its infancy i feel like this started like it was in his teenage phase i think yeah like they like what thought that passed through my head while watching this like they were literally like Sid and Dre were probably listening to rappers going yeah they were all the stuff they were talking about like I didn't get to listen to all the songs that they referenced but like a lot of the people they were talking about like were very (laughs) very much like if you listen to rap music now it's a completely different sound it's a completely different um, energy lyrical content all kinds of stuff like we weren't even 
this the stuff now. <laughs> I don't even know if they would like it, um, especially since part of it, part of the theme in the movie is like how, how hip hop music has lost its way. Which I look back at like 2002, I'm like, this shit is great. <laughs> it was later on down the line where I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not into this, but. <laughs> But at the time, I was like, this is amazing. But, you know, every generation feels about the same, where they're just kind of like, actually, this sucks. <laughs> Our generation is terrible. The people before us had great things. And I'm like, all right. I, I just don't understand how you could be in a cipher with no bars, but that is a different thing, I guess. Yeah, like, how, I mean, how can you freestyle and not be able to freestyle? You just standing there, just literally, honestly, just saying words like you. I'm not a rapper. If you sound like me and you're a rapper, that's that's sad. Yeah, I mean, you have like the, you know, introduction of the Internet, getting around the gatekeeping because there's a lot of gatekeeping in this movie that you see with like the, for instance, the radio. You would not have this issue now. (laughs) You do not have the issue of, oh, if they don't play on on Hot 97, then it's not a hot record. It's just like like now people make the records hot. Like we, you don't have to depend on radio presence or MTV or anything like that to get yourself into the spotlight. Um, but that also includes like people who should, probably should not be rapping and people who don't. A lot of people I don't think actually like rapping if you really get down to it. They like making money from rapping, but they don't actually like rapping um what you can see in the music <laughs> that they make like i mean some people are just naturally just like they make good records regardless if it's like bars or whatever but a lot of people don't like rapping <laughs> you can tell it cuz they don't listen to they don't listen to music really you ask them about their favorite you know who influenced them it's like somebody from 5 years ago which means they don't have really the understanding of the fundamentals of the music, which I mean, honestly, like if you put on a Big Daddy Kane record right now, I'd be like, I don't want to listen to this. But like, <laughs> you know, I feel like it's important to like actually put like to actually like know who kind of started because you have a lot of kids who don't understand where certain samples come from <laughs> and things like that. So it's really you know, it's very much we're losing recipes, but like I try not to <laughs> shit on them too much because, like, I mean, when I didn't have all this, you know, tons and tons of information being thrown at me daily and, and misinformation thrown at me daily and stuff like that. So, like, you know, the, the, I think we'd like to think of the internet maybe as a funnel sometimes, but it's kind of, I don't know like a weird two-way funnel maybe where everything is just too much coming in and the wrong things going out (laughs) but yeah I I do feel like a lot of people just like a lot of particularly male rappers I think I don't think they really like rapping to be quite honest I think they a lot of people find it as a way to get out of the situation that they're in but I don't know like some people like they do it and then they would just retire they're just like I got my hit record and I got my house and I'm done and then you have people who would do it on the corner, <laughs> regardless. I mean, obviously they want to make money, but like they would be writing and rapping even if they were, you know, working at the car dealership or some shit. <laughs> like it's like that type of love for it, I think. I know like somebody who's like that. And that, that person is T-Pain. You could tell T-Pain loves music. Yeah. Even though he's a rapper turned singer. Y'all need to listen to that album. But 
he really loves music and you can hear that even though he got shit on by a whole bunch of people um when he was using autotune and then everybody else went on to use autotune and he changed music for several years now he's not as what yay oh god oh yeah that was the main culprit so um it made a whole album off that but (laughs) but yeah some people you can tell that's why i come like sometimes i'm like i mean yeah the songs are fun but when people talk about people who have lasting long lasting careers and stuff it's like i don't know if you actually like doing this (laughs) which is why people get into like you know all kinds of shit else on top of it but you know you have some people who generally like it like I think Meg likes rapping. She talks about like how much she loves rapping and she actually knows her four mothers um, and that kind of thing. But there's also people who just like, girl, you don't want to do this. I know you don't. (laughs) There's so many other ways to get to make money. You don't have to do this. Yeah. It's it's a lot. It's interesting. Um, And I get, wow, just looking back on, like, especially the rappers that were featured here. Yeah. Was, okay, <laughs> so, like, the the movie itself opens up with, like, interviews with several rappers um, talking about hip-hop. Um, so yeah. you have, like, Big Daddy Kane, you have, um... I think they interview like Jermaine Dupree, who is Jermaine Dupree considered a rapper or more of a producer or he raps, his but he's mostly he's mainly considered a record producer yeah. and label owner, I believe. Yeah. Um, and short man, um, not to size shame him, but I mean, that's okay. Yeah. But he is influential in several ways. Like, I know he had a um, career as a break dancer as a kid. And prior to being a music producer, he helped discover acts. He produced for TLC. Of course, he produced for Janet Jackson. He discovered your boy, Lil Bow Wow, Mm -hmm. produced for DeBrat. So he's very influential in the music industry. Um, He also... uh did the um ori- I think he did either the original version of Not Tonight by Lil' Kim. Um did he do the remix too? I would not be surprised if he did the remix. Like the actual like the one everybody knows. <laughs> um I believe yeah. But yeah, he's got a lot of he's he's got a lot of like a lot of people cuz he had a verse not too long ago and a lot of people were like counting him out. But I was like he has a lot of good songs like songs with Jay-Z and songs with Lil Wayne and and freaking like <laughs> and with Monica like what like he had a lot of he, I think he's in the songwriters hall of fame like he's not to be played with just because he doesn't I mean his own albums I don't think I would listen to but like you cannot tell me that his actual production quality is not like things like to be admired because <laughs> he's, he's got a like lot. I know he's had like several number ones because like he had crisscross yeah he discovered crisscross um I believe he's got let me see he's got some from escape he's got the honey remix the so so deaf remix of honey um he's got a bunch of things on 
Jagged Edge's album, uh, A Jagged Era. I think it's their first album. Um, of course, You Make Me Wanna by freaking Usher. <laughs> and Nice and Slow. Oh, my like, God. You can't compete with that. You can't. I think he had and- a bunch of money and a thing. Didn't he have like a ton of things on Emancipation of Mimi? Yes, he didn't like, it's like that we belong together, shake it off and a few other ones. Like them chickens is ash and I'm lotion, what? Yeah, I'm sorry. You cannot discredit him. But I think he's also like the only Southerner that they interviewed in the whole opening. Um, (laughs) But so I have the list here. So they had Big Daddy Kane, Cool G Rap, Pete Rock, um, De La Soul, Black Thought from The Roots. They also have, um, they had Questlove as well. Um, <laughs> they had Talib Kweli. Mm. I'll come back. Um, Common, Method Man, Slick Rick. Well, that was in the original. Slick Rick and the rest were, um, they kind of played themselves. <laughs> Um, in the movie, but those are the first that they interviewed. I also found it very, very telling and kind of sus that there were no women interviewed at all. They didn't have anybody else that, because these are all people who were kind of making their careers like early, 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 or like in the mid eighties. Cause I think Big Daddy Kane's first album came out in like 1988, apparently. Um, so there's a lot of people who they could have interviewed that were also making music at this time that were women that they didn't. Yeah, I mean, you could have probably got like Roxanne Shante. Yeah, you could have. I mean, Queen Latifah is in this movie, but you still could have got Queen Latifah to say something. <laughs> um, you could have got MC Light. You could have gotten. Uh, salt and pepper you could have gotten a whole bunch of people I feel very uh, yeah <laughs> I was I was feeling very uh, very salty about that when I saw them especially since some of the people that they actually interviewed oh because they interviewed Russell Simmons too another oh. trash bag so a lot of the men that were in this I don't know if they were trash bags at the time but they have since been revealed to be trash bags I don't know about some of these other ones I mean a lot of these people, I mean, they're all men. <laughs> Common's all right, I guess, sometimes. Oh, uh, we did. You might be out on that one. I don't know. But allegedly, know. allegedly. Well, allegedly, Method Man's we here. Method Man's here. So that's good. <laughs> but some of these other ones, it's kind of like, yo. <laughs> some of y'all are terrible. Y'all are terrible people. And this is who we had to represent the whole genre of music, or at least the the genesis of the the genre. And I was like, wow, wow. <laughs> and I was like, no women at all. You couldn't even like, like you couldn't even say like, what about like, I mean, you could, like, where was Kim? <laughs> you didn't want to talk to Kim? Well, Kim was a little later. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Kim was like, like the <laughs> biggest. <laughs> yeah, but she's, <laughs> but she's the biggest. She was the biggest at the time. She would be probably the most well. You could have got Kim. You could have got Foxy. You could have got a whole bunch of people. Like it didn't have to just be like, like you, like why didn't you get the women's perspective? Yeah, I I feel like because at that point I wouldn't have cared. Like focusing on like UMC Light or Roxanne Shante or Queen Latifah. She was rapping around then. 
Because then it just felt like you had, you had, that's what made it feel so like about it because you were only interviewing a very small section of people. You didn't even get hip hop in the evolution. And sometimes when they talked about some of like, oh, they got the videos with the girls shaking their breasts in the video. And I was like, oh, I see. I see. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it seems very much like an indictment on what was happening right then. But I was like, it feels very... I mean, where were we? This okay. This is the uncut. <laughs> this is also two thousand two, the uncut, the BET uncut era as well. Oh yeah, I never stayed up late enough to watch uncut. I'm oh, I've, I've I've seen Tip Drill video. Yeah, I heard about Tip Drill video, but like I never like watched it. But I mean, the song goes off. I'm sorry. What do you? I don't know what you want me to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the yeah, song goes off. Nelly is also it, terrible, but the song does Nelly, go yeah. off. So, yeah. So, it I don't know what y'all want me to do. <laughs> it's a problematic genre. I'm sorry. It is. But everybody always says it's, it's only limited to like rap music. And I was like, you can find plenty of misogynistic, terrible things in rock music too. I don't know why I really think it's in rap music. I think it's very funny. Yeah, how we've all sort of come to that conclusion for whatever reason, racially. Yeah. <laughs> when I search for this song, when I actually no, when I search for this movie, the um very awful Rolling Stones Brown Sugar song came up, and if you've ever read the lyrics to that, it's just ain't it about like black women? It's about yeah, it's it's it, it's a slave uh play <laughs> basically because he because Mick Jagger was dating some black lady. I forgot what her name is, but she's, I feel like she's really important. Like, I feel like she, mm. I forgot what her name is because I watched the documentary. Um, and if I remember, I will put her name in here. But I, yeah, I remember <laughs> I heard the lyrics and I was like, no. So I was like, why is it always just hip hop music where we have this problem? Oh. It's bad. So if you like, like, why is it always like, you can't tell me. You don't listen to some of these songs and hear these lyrics and be like, yes, yes, misogyny only exists where there's black people involved. I'm like, some of these lyrics are awful. But at the same time, like, I don't know. People are, people always show themselves when they say stuff like that. But, you know, whatever. Hey everybody, so editing Ashley here and uh, just want to drop in with a fact check. So I did look up the name of the woman that is, um, or actually inspired the unfortunate lyrics to the song Brown Sugar by the Rolling Stones. So it is, um, it's actually disputed, but widely um, accepted that Marsha Hunt, who was Mick Jagger's then girlfriend and is um, the mother of his first child, Karis, um, was the inspiration. Uh, Marsha also dated uh, Mark Bolin from the band T-Rex, so that's kind of interesting. But um, the dispute comes from uh, former Iket, uh Claudia Lanier, um, who claims that the song was written about her because she was dating Mick Jagger when it was written. Girl, I don't know. Um, the song lyrics are disgusting. I wouldn't want to be the inspiration for <laughs> for any of it um and apparently the band um as of 
October 15th, 2021, that is, yes, a month ago, said that they are not going to perform the song. They are retiring the song. I don't know when they ever perform the song. Um, if I was in the audience, I would be disgusted, but <sighs> say la vie. Let's keep going. I feel like I never noticed that there was no women in the opening, and I feel like those are very egregious, especially since this is supposed to be about a person who has basically been chronicling the history of the genre, and I'm like, how could you not talk to a single woman? Yeah, because we're, like, we're from Sid's perspective as a writer. Yeah, especially since you're a woman, Sid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, you're a writer, you're gonna, this is what happens, this is when people say erasure, (laughs) As, as goofy and corny as it sounds sometimes on the internet, like, this is exactly the problem. You write for a maybe magazine. you know you maybe she column. doesn't believe that women got bars. Maybe she doesn't like him. Well, then I would be calling her a flop on Twitter <laughs> when she posts her posts her freshman double X, or the double XL freshman issue or whatever they always do, and it's always a bunch of nobodies. <laughs> it's like two people people know actually going to have actual careers and a bunch of nobodies. Hmm, the freshman. The freshmen is always an interesting group. I always want to see who's there next year. I mean, at this point, it doesn't really matter to me because, like, you know, I'm outside of the demographic for a lot of this stuff. So it doesn't really matter to me um, unless they're, like, really, really good. But, you know, some of these people are just... You can tell it's just a, a, a cash grab for a lot of people, and that's kind of sad. Hmm. You know, I don't think anybody's really willing to really go into that (laughs) that it's a cash grab because you know if the stuff is entertaining it's fine but then you look up and nobody can rap anymore (laughs) everybody can only rhyme one thing with one thing yeah it's 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 complicated not to be old bitch but yeah (laughs) it's complicated because you got you got your rappers, you got your fun rappers. Yeah, and everything needs to be like, you know, fight the power <laughs> or anything like that. But it, um, you know, I would just like to see more skill in the rapping without being cornball shit. Because usually I feel like the skill comes with the cornball stuff and I just can't deal with it. <laughs> Oh, you don't you want you you don't want um everybody to be like J Cole. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking about with his Crocs and his nasty hair. <laughs> I can't take it. I know a lot of people who like him, but but anyway, I mean we've gone on this topic long enough. Basically, people suck. <laughs> um, so um yeah, so basically they met Sydney and Dre met um like in 1984 or something. So maybe maybe like a little bit after kind of, you know, Rapper's Delight and stuff like that, which is a song that most people mention when they talk about rap music um, and like hip hop music and kind of the first song they heard because that was kind of the first song that everybody heard. (laughs) That was kind of rap music. Um, And people have tried to like, I hate this so much. People have tried to claim, like pop stars have tried to claim that they rapped first before all these people. But I feel like personally... It is dependent <laughs> on a few racial factors that would make me consider it to be rap music um, because otherwise you're just speaking on the beat. And that doesn't count 
for me. With doing spoken words and music? Like, you know, like Blondie had one song where she kind of, like, where um, Debbie Harry kind of talked over the beat. And then apparently, like, um, I forgot how many years ago, maybe five or six years ago, like, Pet Shop Boys said that they had rapped over a song. And I was just like, that's not, but that wasn't your intention. You know what I mean? I feel like when you rap, when you call it a rap song, it is with the intent of flowing with the beat <laughs> and and stuff like that. I don't feel like it's just like you just talking. Because if that was the case, every spoken word song could be a rap song. Yeah. And that's, I don't like that. But Sydney and Dre met um, kind of on the corner um, one day where they, first they were watching people break dance. And then they heard of like, they saw like a group of people like freestyling. So it was like Slick Rick. Um, who was it? Slick Rick, Dana Dane, and, and Dougie Fresh. And Dougie Fresh, which I don't know why he's not on here. Oh, no, he is. Um, he was the beatboxer. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> that was kind of their, their introduction. And from there, they just kind of like had this like love of the genre and love for each other, even though they don't say they love each other quite yet. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's kind of how it starts. Um, and I think when we like actually get into the movie, they're adults and Sydney is moving back from L.A., because um, she has taken a position as the editor of Double XL, editor in chief, sorry. And uh, this is back when editors and critics had like real power, <laughs> which I think has been in the not necessarily in the news lately, but like you know you have Pitchfork like revising their their uh, stance on some of the rank the records they kind of tanked. <laughs> Which I don't think, I mean, I think Pitchfork just turned 20. So they weren't even like, you know, there's probably just like an idea in some dorm room or something at this time when this movie came out. But, um, yeah, you don't have critics like this anymore that like could actually like make or break a record because people don't really need to listen to critics to like listen to music or watch movies or anything. And also I think a lot of criticism has flopped very hard <laughs> because a lot of things are just puff pieces so nobody yeah. gets uh doxxed and or death threats <laughs> sent to their uh, house yeah so wait what one moment about this oh, since we brought this up um so saying something is not good as a movie critic is part of the job or as a Critic in general is part of a job. Saying that you don't like something is just part of the job. That's part of your duty. Like that's part of your duty. And I don't know if everybody understands that. Um, it seems like people are having a hard time dealing with that. Um, like having a really hard time dealing with that. And it's kind of weird. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that it's not good. It's just that somebody didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> and it might not really be that good and they can kind of tell you it's why. also just one person's opinion um and you are free to like it if you like it yeah but i mean like back in the day like people would actually like actively tank musicians careers Oops, excuse me um so that's part of the problem but that doesn't really happen now now that it's gone the complete opposite like the pendulum has swung in the complete opposite direction 
and now it's just like puff pieces and everything's like four stars five stars and i'm just like it's not possible this is why we get people who can't do what the genre requires is <laughs> because we're giving passes to people who should not be getting passes um but also, like, I mean, it, just because somebody at, like, RogerEbert.com doesn't like something doesn't mean, like, you won't like it. Um, and then you have, like, people who get really famous off of just being awful in the press, which is also not good. Like, nuance is needed. Context is needed in the contextual landscape of music and movies and politics and fashion and art. Um you know, you have to kind of have a good knowledge of all that stuff to be a good critic, and some people just do not have it. And some, in some instances, some trends in journalism don't allow them to have it. <laughs> I will I will not go on my tangent of emailed interviews because <laughs> I'll be here all day. Um, but yeah, it's like she has a lot more influence in kind of what gets played and what doesn't get played. Um and a lot more people had influence, like the lady at Hot 97 who was like, we will not be playing your record or we will be ignoring you while you give me your record to play. So um, just a different time, different time entirely for journalism and A&R. Because, you know, everybody's an A&R agent now. Like, everybody knows. <laughs> yeah. The exact way to make a star. <laughs> um, I'm, I've got to bring this up, like, just think about Lil Nas X. Like he was his own A and R. Yeah, and the way that he did it was just making his own record go viral by using Reddit. Like basically, have you heard this this clip or making a meme out of his own song? And look what that look what happened. And then everybody else, like other artists, kind of. Um, using um those uh data farms or whatever where they make the phones go and oh. get plays on spotify and apple music and stuff yeah well some of that stuff is kind of like like girl <laughs> i know a lot of people like We'll have like listening parties but i'm just like you can't get it organically if you can't get it organically there's a problem I feel yeah. like, like you shouldn't have to have the song go to number one because you just left it on a loop for 12 hours or whatever. <laughs> I would think it would need to reflect what people are actually listening to. Um, Cause then you have some people who are just like, well, my, my favorite album didn't go to number one. So clearly everybody is against them. And it's just like, actually, maybe it's just not good. Have you considered that? <laughs> have y'all considered that it's not good? Yeah, maybe it just wasn't their time to swim right now. And also, maybe number one, single. I mean, Billboard is kind of funny. <laughs> I will say. Billboard is funny. Um, it's kind of like people like manipulating the stock market almost, but I also feel like, I mean, you know, instead of like actual returns on your investment, it's just your artist got a number one and they still don't talk to you on the internet. <laughs> like... And they still do things. You're just like, damn, I'm embarrassed to be a fan. So like, I don't know if anybody's really getting the returns that they need. So, um, but yeah, so um, they're pretty much like best friends, of course. 
happy that Sydney's moving back. Uh, Sydney's also writing a book. Um, I don't know if it's supposed to be a memoir or like. Did we ever figure out what this book is about? I know it's about hip hop music, but I don't know like in the comments. I feel like it's both. I think it's both about hip hop. It's also about Dre. Because um, the title of the book is called I Used to Love Him. Yeah. Um, after the common song, I Used to Love Her. Yeah. Which is like they're, the lyrics are basically their relationship. Like <laughs> in some parts, you know. Which we don't find that out until later, but it is very much like a... The, the, the book, Her Business. The book is Her Business. Yeah, it's Her Business on Front Street. I love that song. Yeah, what was that song? The Light? Was that The Light? Remember that song? And this is The Light. <laughs> <laughs> was that the... That was the song, right? That was like his really, really popular song. I hate... Uh, can I just say I hate the song that he has with Erica Badu? I hate it so much. What song Love of that? my life. That one? Yeah, I hate you, it. You, you know. Oh, God. I love that song because that also reminds me of Fall in this movie. I can't because I, I watched the video like way too much. They used to play that video a lot. <laughs> and I also like, I, I like, come close to me, baby. Wait, who was that? That was Common and Mary J. Blige. Oh, I don't, see, I only know, I know very few Common songs. Um, I don't really care for common. Yeah, I don't. I don't mm. like if you wear a hat that's not a Kangol hat, like LL Cool J. If you didn't rock the bells, if you Please. wear like an uncle hat and you rapped, I I don't know. It's got like a visor. It's like a beanie with a visor. Yeah. <laughs> like I just like I like sexy rappers. <laughs> Wow. Once he took the hat off, it was fine. You know, it wasn't too bad. Um, I, yeah, some of the songs, oh God, what was that electronic song he had? Oh, wow. Like, go, 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 go. The one with Kanye was like, go. No, it was like with that one, but it was like music something. It was, oh, Universal Mind Control. That song was terrible. <laughs> It was bad. Um, no, um, I'm trying to think of the song. He had what's the song? What's the song where where Taraji Pinson had killed that guy <laughs> and framed oh, um, and framed somebody else? That I'm was away. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was very dramatic, very dramatic song. I cannot remember the name of it. Oh God, I love that video. I'll testify. Yes. <laughs> Yes, testified. That was a good. That was a, that was probably the most most you know I've given common like ever. <laughs> I'm so, sorry. And now he just pops up in movies and stuff. I'm like, oh, common's here. If you if you like if you rap about if I feel like you have like a chakra vibe about your rapping, yoni egg. Yeah, like if your rapping has like yeah, baby, let's realign our chakras and open our third eye no no i can't get i can't fuck with that kind of rap i you have to make ass clapping rap for me wow 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 i i like problematic rap yeah yeah it's fun yeah (laughs) i mean we talking about back that ass up rap yeah i was about to say we haven't even talked about like southern rap this is exclusively like an an East Coast, like a pro East Coast rap situation. <laughs> and so there is no room for like, you know, 
UGK or Outkast or Ludacris. I mean, they weren't like popping necessarily back when all these other rappers were popping, but like they weren't necessarily nowhere. <laughs> and so like, um, yeah, it's kind of like a like a lot of a lot of people who have very pro East Coast rap kind of thing uh, look down upon literally everything <laughs> that's not that. So Southern rap usually does not have a lot of representation in these discussions, but I will always put on for some down south shit. It's just where yeah. I grew up and it's my fave. So yeah. But, yeah. It's, it's just good. It is it's great. I mean, Lucas you know, you got, got your ludicrous. Ludacris is one of the best rappers. Like, I'm I'm sorry. I have to say it. And best video makers. Yes. Like, those are fun. I think, like, him and probably Busta Rhymes had some of, like, and Missy, of course, have some of the craziest, like, out-of-the-box music videos probably ever. And I don't think mm-hmm. Ludacris gets enough credit for that, probably because he's an actor now more than he does music. But, like, we all listen to it. Who didn't love Move Bitch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah get out the way exactly like, exactly this is why this is how the the to me this is how the movie kind of fails but i mean you can't represent the entire genre in one movie especially when you talk about a love story um so, based in new york yeah and it's a new york love story so of course you know they don't care what we're doing out here <laughs> and vice versa we're always like we don't intersect these things do not intersect usually <laughs> was the first time that it really intersected when like when jay-z and ugk put the put out big pimpin oh. like that was like maybe like that's the one i can actually remember when people actually like had joined forces like that you know i mean you had like oh, when method man was on two box uh or a Tupac song, I can't remember what the song is called, but I do love it. But yeah, um, it's usually not a lot of cross-regional things back then. People usually mm-hmm. stuck to who they stuck to, <laughs> and and that's that was that. But um, yeah, so <sighs> Dre is getting engaged to a, uh, a woman named Reese, who is played by Nicole Ari Parker. Um... <laughs> She she tends to play like the same kind of role. Yeah, like the evil light skinned woman. Yeah, very particular, very I don't want to say snobbish, but she kinda bougie. She bougie. Snobbish. Yeah, she's she's very bouge. Um also so they I love the cameos in this like like New York rooftop party i don't even know what the point of the party was honestly it's just kind of when sydney's like oh did you ever picture hip-hop growing up which i took to mean like you know rappers getting white people money because <laughs> i think it's for like baby fat and fat form maybe i think so because it was russell and kimura and then freaking china was there from like wwf or e or whatever it is now i don't know WWE. But China was there, and I was like, what? I've never seen her. I was like, that was the first time I actually noticed she was there. And then, like, Beanie Siegel and Fabulous had come up to one of them, either Sydney or Dre. Probably Dre. Um, I guess, like, almost like they were struggling rappers, but I was like, at this point, like, Fabulous was actually really popping <laughs> at the time. And uh, another one. that, And so... <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, they, I think they meet for the first time, like Sydney, Dre, and, and Reese. And, um, it's not awkward, but it's not like 100%, you know, like they're not going to be best buds. Um, and we also meet Francine, aka France, which is Queen Latifah. And it's very <laughs> interesting to like see them all. I love Queen Latifah in movies. Queen I think she's the best part of this movie. Really amazing actress. Yeah, I don't think she gets like enough credit, honestly, for some of her acting. She's um Sydney's cousin, who is kind of always encouraging her to do what's best for her, basically. Yeah. yeah and basically is the best thing for her to do is fuck Dre. That is what she <laughs> basically. Sure she was like, Why haven't y'all done it yet? Cindy's like, Well, girl, like, you know, people get together and they break up and they never talk to each other again. So Cindy's like, That is not us. We're never doing that. You know, she wants this man in her life forever and she feels like anything relationship ish will ruin it. Um, which I guess is like the whole thing. Cause everybody's like, How have y'all never done it? Even y'all have been to like friends for like 15 years or whatever um and she's awesome. just like we're just friends we're yeah. friends we're homies yeah and we- she's usually the one who's like we're just friends <laughs> i don't like you have to calm down like you don't have to put so much bass in your voice when you're saying that like it can't be casual <laughs> like, we are homies yeah we are just friends. like when we were there we were at the little like vase shop or whatever and she's like please we're just friends i was like that lady does not care <laughs> <laughs> assistant does not care she just wants to help y'all find a damn face and go about her day and get her commission and clock out <laughs> like what are you t- why are you getting so much attitude but like i guess i'm like if we were to compare this to when harry met sally because there's a lot of similarities in terms of um just how they interact with each other like how dre talks about women because he calls he calls reese brown sugar which i guess is just like you know how men just like I want a girl who's got big boobs, but tiny waist, but a big butt, and she weighs like 110 pounds. <laughs> it's it's like, so I wrote down like brown sugar, like the way I summed it up was brown sugar is classy, sassy, and a little bit nasty. Yeah. And I was like, mm. it's all three things, you know, all the competing things usually. Because you, everybody thinks that you can't be all three, I guess, but like somehow Reese is. But also like men will say stuff like that, that com- like, completely contradicts each other like <laughs> who was it it had to be somebody on twitter and i feel like they were talking about megan the stallion but they were like if if megan the stallion like basically <laughs> saying that you know she had a girl he had a girl's shape like megan the stallion or something she only weighed 120 pounds everybody was like that's not possible it's literally not possible <laughs> it is physically not possible. <laughs> you are de- you are defying the laws of this earth <laughs> when you when you say things like that. Nobody can be shaped like that and be 120 pounds, bro. Like, what do you think? Like, you think ass weighs nothing? <sighs> Men are stupid. They <laughs> are. It's it's very it's just very it's very stupid. But it's stuff like that. Like, there's she's just like the impossible woman. That she's just everything. And all the bits and pieces that a woman should be. So I'm like, all right, that's that's great. And so he has Sydney's found like, the perfect woman. 
Yeah, the perfect woman. And Sydney's like, well, that's cute for you. <laughs> um, I guess it also makes her wifey material, is what I wrote down. Um, yeah, like the next song. What's the next you, song? You remember the next song? Mm-mm. By the band next, like wifey. He's like tiny. Dumb. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then what was the other one? Who did Let's Get Married? That was Jagged Edge. Jagged, meet me at the altar in your white dress. So we ain't getting no we younger. We ain't getting no younger, so we might as well do it. You yes. know how many men really think that? <laughs> yes. Let's kind of look up one day and like, damn, I'm old. Let me get married. <laughs> Let me get That's married. That's kind of like Prince. There comes a time in every man's life when he gets tired of fooling around. Did the Prince ever get married? No. Okay. Yeah. He, I was just like, I don't. Oh, no. He, he was married three times, two times. Oh, okay. It just does not. You know, when I picture Prince, I don't think of wedding rings. <laughs> he was we can talk about wedding rings. <laughs> he was but, married twice. But actually wearing them and being faithful to one another. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! Oh, no. Wow, that that's not that's not with the brand, baby. <laughs> he was married twice. Okay, yeah, but that's something like when you think of Prince, you don't think of happily married man. <laughs> I don't. But <laughs> but yeah, it's like yeah, men. I don't know. There's been a lot of discussions about that lately too. Like men will just like look up one day and they'll be like, oh yeah. So my knees hurt. <laughs> I need somebody to carry me up the stairs. I, need I a do. I need a woman to help. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I don't know how to turn on my oven and I'm getting old. So <laughs> basically, that's basically what y'all do. That's basically what y'all do. But um, yeah, so like Dre will usually call out Sydney when people are like, yeah, like what's wrong with People think we're a couple. Like, who cares? You know, he's get. You know, he wants to propose to Miss Reese, um, even though he's only known her for like a month or something like that. Um, but also, getting into Dre's story a little bit, Dre works for, like I said, like a. It's called Millennium Records, which I take to be like Epic or something. Although I don't really know many rappers that were signed to Epic, so I don't really know. Maybe like a. Maybe like a like a Geffen. <laughs> Something like that. Something that signed a lot of rappers. Um, not Geffen. Who am I thinking of? Hmm. Which one was it that Geffen? Interscope. Sorry. Oh, with um, Dr. Dre and. Yeah, I'm thinking because they. Um, Eminem. Yeah, because Interscope. It's like Interscope Geffen A and M now. <laughs> it's like one big smushed up thing. But yeah, Interscope kind of is like. Back when I used to read stuff about this kind of thing all the time, Interscope was kind of like the rapper's label. But I mean, I don't know if he's like, I think, <laughs> I think Dre would be horrified by Eminem, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, I think, I low key think that's what Red and Ten is. But, well, Red and Ten, I mean, like, not to give Marshall too much credit, but Marshall can usually put some bars together sometimes they're ridiculous sometimes they're downright terrifying and awful but they weren't this <laughs> yeah I, so, think, I, uh, I think somebody I had something to say i think i think I don't, like, might have been something on something 
But I'm trying to think of who could have been Ren and Ten back then. Like, who was, like, the rap song, like, kind of goofy thing in the late 90s? Like, hmm. Because, you know, every year we have somebody who's just, like, really just, like, I'm here to collect the check. Like, the barman, which was a novelty group. Yeah, this is a novelty group. This is not somebody to take seriously, even though they said that they should be taken seriously. So we haven't actually explained them. Um, so I guess they're at like a restaurant or something, and uh, they like these two guys, a one white guy in a black fur coat and one black guy in a white fur coat, come up to Dre. Wait, they both and- have on their Dalmatian coats this time. Okay, my bad. I'm sorry, my bad. Um, okay, they had their faux fur H and M. Of <laughs> Dalmatian coats on, and they come up to Jay and they say, "Hey, we're your new artists. We just signed to Millennium or whatever, and we're called Ren and Ten, the hip hop Dalmatians." <laughs> and so the whole sort of, I don't know, the whole thing with them is that. One is white, one is black. It's hip hop unity. It's racial unity. It's what everybody who voted for Obama would have loved to see. <laughs> because racism is over. Their album cover should have been them like holding hands shirtless or something. With dogs. You know that the thing where you have the two hands that like are different colors, but you know they photoshop the black hand because they don't know how black hands look, you know? Because like, mm-hmm. the black you know how the the palm ends up black too. Yeah. The whole it's hand like, is just black. Yeah, the whole t- <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you can notice a little detail, like the fact that my the palm of my hand is not the same color as my face, I just want you to know you don't see black people as human beings. <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh, think man, white people's hands are the same color as the rest of them. I think it's no. a different color. So why no. would you do that? <laughs> you see it so many times. Like one of like the governing body of like graphic designers posted one of those. And I screenshotted it and I was like, I'm never letting you forget this. <laughs> because what the fuck? Like, but this is the this is the hip hop novelty that I guess is supposed to usher in the new millennium. Or um, yeah. It's it bad. is. Okay. Honestly, when they were in the studio, cause they have a song, they decided to make a song called the hoe is mine. Um, and that was a, that was a throwaway idea by Dre because he's disillusioned and upset by the fact that Wendell Pierce, who's in this movie, who's in every movie, I guess, um, looking the exact same. <laughs> he's not aged today. He is not aged at all. My mom was like, he's always been old. And I was like, mom, oh. I don't know if he's old. <laughs> I don't think he's old. <laughs> he's just always looked the same. Um, but she was like, um, yeah, they had kind of did this like throwaway thing of like, oh, instead of doing the girl, because they said, oh, he could be like Paul, they could be like Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson when Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson were still friends back then. Oh, before he, Michael was like, I'm getting that catalog. Michael said, I'm taking your, the work that you made with your best friend and I'm selling it to Nike. And Paul McCartney kind of laughed because he thought he was kidding and Michael was not kidding. (laughs) Michael said, I will own you and your entire body of work. Don't play with me. So, 
I mean, you can see how that would make a person upset. But also, if somebody tells, tells you that they're going to sell your, they're going to own your catalog, the stuff that you made with your best friends that is also not living anymore, <laughs> I would be on notice. But, you know, maybe, you know, somebody, Paul thought they were friends. And Michael said, you knew what it was, baby. So, <laughs> <laughs> but basically, uh, yeah, that's when they had done that. Um, they had done that awful song, The Girl Is Mine, for Michael's album. And they did a really good song for Paul's album. I like the song they did for Paul's album. What? Say, say, say. Yeah, I actually like that song. It's kind of What you want in the three. They're about the same in my book. I don't like the girl is mine because it's kind of like, oh, we're hand holding at the the makeout creek. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it does have that G golly. (laughs) Yeah, I don't like, I don't like that. But I do like Say Say. It's a little bit more up tempo. But that's what. That's what Wendell Pierce is like. We should do the hoe is mine, and they do it. <laughs> the hoe is mine had potential. Like the hoe is mine sounds like something a future would have wrote back in like two thousand and I don't know ten or something like that. Remember it was a straight like love songs? no pigeons vibe. A who vibe? You remember no pigeons? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because somebody was pissed off about freaking no scrubs and no pigeons was. I don't know. It just sounded like some broke down bum nigga shit. <laughs> I don't even remember the lyrics. You click, you see who had the lasting impression. <laughs> Obviously. It, it like the whole is mine could have been heightened to a level. Remember, um, what's that guy? Iman? Is it Iman or Amon? Iman, I fuck you right back. Yeah, this fuck you. And then the girl came with a, some random girl they found somewhere. Had a song for like all of a week or two. <laughs> I, I miss era. I miss songs like that. I miss response songs. Yeah, we, we don't get enough response. response. I wish like when we have all this quote unquote beef, that I wish that people would really just either take it to the you know, everybody's taking it to Instagram, and I can't respect that. Like I miss I miss response songs. Like yeah, no scrubs. I don't want to no no pigeons. Like we need. More response songs. I, I need that creativity, that creative negativity. <laughs> I need it. Yeah. I mean, remember the first time you heard Ether? Yeah. What a good time. I remember Sheether. <laughs> Honestly, that was a fun time, too. And then we just never got a response. And I'm just like, oh, this is what we're, this is what we're doing. Yeah. We're just going to give... We're just going to throw shade and, like, Instagram or whatever. Like, I mean, obviously, like, I mean, both of them turned out to be real, real, real bad. But, like, <laughs> like you know, I miss, you know, when there was actual high stakes when somebody would diss somebody else or whatever. I mean, I don't want anybody no. to shoot anybody, but I just want yeah. some music from the both of you. Yeah, I just thought about the end. That that TikTok with the end of um, that Tupac song. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> The one is two rocks talking about your mama and having seizures and shit. Oh no. Oh, um why I think you said a TikTok song with Tupac, but you know what? No, that TikTok. My brain is fried. Tupac song. Oh, are you talking about uh uh Oh god, what is that song? That's the song that ignited all the shit. Yes. If we what don't is... we don't want those kind of outcomes. <laughs> what is that? Oh, hit him up. 
Yes. Hit him up. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's a bust your wife. And I, it was a Faith Evans lookalike in that video. Yeah. Tupac took it way. You know what? At that point, it needed to be a discussion, maybe, because he was saying it all. <laughs> he took one, like, miscommunication and was like, oh shit, this nigga had me shot. So I'll spend the rest of my life <laughs> trying to take you down. And I was like, it didn't have to be like that. It didn't, I don't want all of that, you know, but I would like some, some actual high stakes drama. Yeah. Like just release a notch, like release a song and somebody release a song. So like thong song and like you could release like high cut brief song or something. <laughs> wow. Not high cut brief, not old Navy high cut brief. Five for 20. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Uh, I mean, I like more drama between the men. I would just like some actual, like, trade bars, man. They don't do that anymore. I don't really want that for the women just because, you know, we've had a long... This is the first, like, peaceful period between women rappers and female rap, you know, where we haven't had anybody been like, I'm the only one that can exist. They've tried, but I think the girls have been like, no... There's room for everybody, which is important because for a while there was only like a few and every time there'd be a new rapper, someone would have to die or whatever. But like now it's good. But I would like some of these men to, you know, there's a lot of talking out of the side of their mouths. I would like full, you like go up to somebody and say, you fucking suck. (laughs) And let's see what happens. This is probably the antithesis to this movie, but this is, this is my feeling. (laughs) This is my feeling usually. Um, maybe Dre, I mean, not Dre, maybe, yeah, maybe Dre and Kelby should have had a rap battle. Maybe, maybe Sid and Reese should have a rap battle. You know, I thought it would have been like if this was like some sort of like scary movie version of this. <laughs> There's like a scary movie version of Brown Sugar. Mm-hmm. That's what would have happened at the end. But Drop some bars for your heart. Wow. I want to play you for mm-hmm. your 808. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, so basically, like, Dre is starting to get disillusioned by the holding. I mean, he already kind of is, right? And, like, I think Wendell Pierce's character's name is Simon. Um, he's, like, an executive at Millennium. And he's, like, if you want to keep it, like, real, you can go to Rockus, which is... I think it was a record label. I don't think it, Rockus Records exists anymore. Um, and if it does, it's maybe a name only. But um, he's like, here at Millennium, we keep it profitable. Which I was like, wow. Mm. It really is like that. Because, <laughs> you know, they wanted the MTV rotation. And I was like, damn, you really did have to, like, aim to get your movie or your video on MTV. But, like, it wasn't like this bad. I feel like this is like nowadays. <laughs> I just, I can't remember anybody who was just like that bad. Even the more gimmicky people have lasted a little bit longer. I mean, the gimmicky people had like a week on TRL. Yeah, you'd have some like craze and you'd go like, okay, we're, we're back to whatever we were watching before. <laughs> but I don't like know. Like the Bloodhound Gang. Wow, I remember that. Wow, I haven't thought about Bloodhound Gang in years. <laughs> That's a name I haven't heard in years. <laughs> like, whoa. Yeah, I think it, yeah. I 
I guess this is basically like, I don't know if they were either telling it out how it was. Because, you know, every generation thinks the next generation is terrible and everything they make is terrible. Or were they like, did they realize they were kind of predicting the future a little bit? <laughs> like, this is where they felt like it was going to go, you know? Maybe they knew. I don't know, because I feel like... I mean, there's not as many white rappers as there could be. But every time there is one, I'm just like, no, we will not be taking what you're selling. <laughs> and I don't think I would love this either. And I don't know if I would love The Ho Is Mine. I recently learned Jack Harlow was a white rapper. I thought he was like wow. a wow. producer. Why did you bring that energy into whoever made... Whoever made Chloe Bailey's little big booty so big song Her. is, I mean, that's the lyrics, isn't it? That's what I keep hearing. I have not yeah, watched the whole video because it was a very, it was too much. But, you know, I'm glad she's having fun. But whoever did that, like, song is a white guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what his name is. His name is, like, Kyle on the beat or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's some, like... It's some like real aggressive sounding thing, and everybody was like, "Wait!" <laughs> it's like, who is that? <laughs> Which is kind of weird too, because I was like, "Doesn't Chloe? She produces stuff." Yeah, she usually produces um, her music, doesn't she? That's what I've heard. I don't really keep up with Chloe and Hallie. Um, so yeah. Oh, okay. Wait. Wait. Murder Beats. His name is Murder oh. Beats. Okay. But he looks like a, a a Chad. Okay. So that was the thing. But yes, I'm upset that you brought the Jack Harlow energy to this podcast. Sorry. Um, I can't revoke it now. It's on, it's on the track. Wow. I mean, Sorry. he's probably... I mean, I didn't like what he said. He said some things I have not liked. But also, I don't try to pay attention to him because I'm just not interested in what he's bringing to the table. <laughs> So, um, I, I, I'm not aware of anything, so I don't. He has a song with Lil Nas X. I didn't listen to it. I watched the video because I heard it was crazy, and it is exact. It's a bunch of, it's, I guess it's like Oz the musical. Like, what? Like, what? they're in jail. Like, I mean, I saw like a video, I knew it was about jail, but. It's just a bunch of men dancing naked in in the shower. There's like an actual like choreographed dance scene in in the showers. Oh, nobody's got no drawers on. Um, yeah, it's a lot Ooh. going on in that video. <laughs> I've only seen it once though, so I might be misremembering things. Might not be as aggressive as Oz the musical, but it's, it's in jail. <laughs> okay, interesting. <laughs> and then Jack Harlow's there for some reason. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he's having fun doing what he does for whatever reason that he does it. Um, and so basically, Dre goes to Sydney after this meeting with Ren and Ten, or not with Ren and Ten, but with his boss or whatever, and that they're gonna, they're definitely gonna put all their money behind Ren and Ten, which makes me upset because, because like record labels would put their money behind like some of the dumbest shit, and it's like you have talented people who do not get the same attention, and they end up getting there's so many artists that we loved as kids that had that happen to them where their album would get shelved and they would get like no attention or marketing, 
for like maybe like their sophomore like third album release and they end up like having to release shit in like Japan or something because that's the only place that the market will like let them release it or whatever. So we never hear anything and they end up like either going independent or just stop making music altogether. Yeah. And that's why everybody, all y'all got decimated when everybody started going to Kazaa. And maybe you deserved it. Because yeah. y'all weren't putting y'all moving money back in the right places in the first place. Um, yeah, so Jay is upset and he goes to Sydney's house. Lovely house. Oh, bro, bro, bro. Why did he, like, they start, like, you know, they're comforting each other and then he, like, they start making out. But, like, why did he, that was a dress towel thing? Yeah, <laughs> I, like, first, I was like, the I feel open. like he should have just went home. Yeah, you should be going to your fiance. Yeah. This is the night before Wait, his wedding. Yeah, that's, I understand. You should have called your friend on the phone. Yeah, but you know, they're, this they're is something not just you need friends. to talk to your fiance about first because you just quit your job. No, this is before he quit his job. This is like when he was starting to think about quitting his job. Mm. Because the big thing was when he actually quit his job and then like Nicole Ari Parker didn't cuss him out, but she gave him that I'm very disappointed you and you bougie face, you know? Oh, okay. Oh, this yeah. is oh. This is when they started making out, but they don't do anything yet. Oh. But he had pulled like her little dress towel thing, and I was like, "Oh no, not this is Beck and you close the blinds. You're on the first floor. <laughs> close them blinds." But she's like, stops him, and so he ends. Up, she's like, "Are you still gonna do this?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do this." And I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> you almost fondled your best friend's boobies." And then you go wake up tomorrow and get me. You see how men operate? Like, it's just like kind of despicable when you really think about it. He was, oh, because what? Okay. What if she said, okay, let's do this? Would he still wake up tomorrow and get married? Probably. Wow, I'd be really sick. And then, and then, and then you really have problems. And then you never would speak to each other again. Oh, if you wake up tomorrow and get married. <laughs> Raggedy. How are we going to explain that one to anybody, Dre? Oh, man. I mean, oh. he's not as bad as, like, Harry in When Harry Met Sally. Like, he's not as obnoxious. You know, he's just kind of, like, they have an easy rapport with each other from, like, knowing each other so long. So they just naturally say most, like, ridiculous things to each other. Like, you do when you have a best friend that you just have shared everything with. But the problem with sharing everything with one person, I think this is, like, part two of, like, Harry's, like, whole thesis or whatever when he was, like, you can be friends as long as you have significant others that are friends, but then it becomes a problem mm-hmm. because your significant other is, like, why do you have... Why do you share so much with this other person? Mm-hmm. And that's the exact problem that Reese ends up having. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's just like, what the fuck? She does not Why like do you tell whole... everybody? Yeah, I... she's like, why do you always tell Sydney everything before you tell me anything? It's like, girl, because you're not important. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, he, a... he basically is like, I understand that you're my wife. But, but you're not my girl, okay? You're not my you're not my best friend. Okay, so. I just, we are friends. We're we're partners. We're coworkers in this relationship. But you're not you're not number one in my heart <laughs> right now, okay? Imagine booking that expensive ass church and stuff, and then like 
your husband or your fiance like says all that stuff and you're just like damn i'm not getting my deposit back uh-huh. or in a way like because the next day he <laughs> they have it with it and francine is oh sitting God. right there and she, she looks francine looks at sydney it's like did y'all fuck <laughs> basically yeah <laughs> And then she's doing all the running commentary, Jenna Wayne, like, he don't mean that. <laughs> uh, she's telling her to do, like, the big, like, interrupting the wedding thing, which I've never been, like, I've never seen that happen. But if it happened, I think I would scream. If it was my own wedding, I'd be upset. But, like, if it was somebody else's wedding, I'd probably I, be like, oh, no. <laughs> I would want to see it. If it's my wedding. Don't do that shit. I paid too much money. First of all, I would be like, what the fuck? My wedding? gross but second of all like but if it's my wedding i would be like okay what the fuck's going on we would have to have some words but if i was attending a wedding where it was stopped i would be like oh shit let me get my purse next yeah yeah i had to get my little opera weed like my opera glasses out and like let me focus in on the scene (laughs) And and i will need i would hope somebody i'm near has like all of the relationship points. Yeah, and give me they the backstory. Talk loud enough that I could hear them explain it. Cause yeah, I'm gonna be like, who, who the fuck is this? <laughs> What's give they, me the backstory. Give me the backstory. Let me know, cause I would like to know everything. But yeah, I don't. You know, at my own wedding, no. But <laughs> of course, like Sydney does not do this. She does not interrupt this man's wedding. But like their relationship is already kind of on a. On a weird, it's at a weird point. Because, um, you know, he's married and that means like he's going to be away from her now because now he has more like responsibilities at home and he has to be at home more because like his wife would expect him to be there. <laughs> and, you know, they go on like their honeymoon and stuff like that. Um, but then enter one Boris Kojo, a.k.a. Kelby, which is like... Boris Kojo looks like... A little bear. I'm sorry. I had to get to the bear. <laughs> a bear. A like, bear. You know, like if you were watching like a DuckTales wow. or a, a Tailspin. Are you trying to say like, he looks like Boris? A guest star and made it into like an animated bear. You know, I'd be like Boris Kojo. First I thought about Baloo the bear, but then I thought about Little Bear from that little show. And, and, I don't, and I don't know either of the things that you're saying. <laughs> he doesn't have enough hair to be a bear. And no, but he has like a bearish face, like a like a bear nose, and like he looked like a little bear. He's is cute. I'm gonna take your word for it. <laughs> if y'all listening, and if this isn't cut out, let me know. Boris Kojo looks like a little bear. Okay. <laughs> I will. No, he doesn't. <laughs> Just looking at this picture. No, he does not. <laughs> he does not. Oh my god. Um. So, <laughs> I'm looking at this picture. Who am I always confused Boris Kojo for? Another tan-skinned man, Shamar Moore? Yeah. Yes, I always confuse him. I mean, I think Shamar Moore is a little bit lighter than him, and he also wears <laughs> those terrible wigs. But, like... Boris Kojo does not have baby girl energy. No. I don't... <laughs> What's that video of him dancing everybody get your roll on? <laughs> <laughs> 
those videos of him is that Soul Train, like the Soul yes. Train revival. Why did they play Everybody Get Your Roll? <laughs> because that's what, they was, that's what they were listening to on Soul Train. That's, that's the last thing I would have ever thought of somebody dancing to, like doing like, oh, like the worm or whatever. Like he was like getting it. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> No, no. I thought it was gonna be anything else, but everybody gets your roll on. Now. Wow. Oh, man. Wow. But um, also, I feel like, like, why did they name him Kelby? Like, it's such an obvious reference to to Kobe Bryant. <laughs> like, please. <laughs> I mean, it might have been a long day. Trying to finish up that script, they're gonna be like, what? Uh, they just put it in. They meant to change it later, and they never did. Yeah, it was one of those names because he's a basketball player who wants to be a rapper, and Lord knows we've seen plenty of those. You um, know who was the most successful with that? I want to say Shaq, but I don't know. If he yes, was. Oh, it was Shaq. He had Black Superman. <sighs> I can say I could say. With full confidence, I've never listened to a Shaq song. Except for when he did that little... <laughs> when he actually responded to that guy. The guy who did the... um, What was his name? It was like Big Shaq. The guy, the British guy who did that jokey rap. I can't even say half of the time he said. <laughs> what was that song? Do you know the song I'm talking about? No. Um, Man's Not Hot. Oh, it makes but, my heart. But yes, but Shaq actually replied to the song, like got in the booth, whatever booth they let him in, and replied it- back to it, like as like a like what we we're talking about, like response songs. <laughs> and he was serious though. He was he was one hundred percent. Did not realize it was a joke. Shark, shark bars. He Does he? Are we saying that? He just said he had a bunch of shit in his backyard because he's rich. And everybody's like, well, <laughs> you can watch true. a clip of it, like, of, I think it was on Jesus and Meryl when they were on Viceland. And Jesus was like, man, I hope you got a bunch of shit in your backyard. I hope you, you rich doing all them ads and stuff. Because <laughs> Shaq will advertise literally anything. He got the icy hot money. And what was it, tough acting to acting or whatever? Mm-hmm. The general insurance. He, the that might not be him. General is, it, is it the general insurance? He does a lot of stuff. I'm like, you know you don't use that janky ass insurance. He he got me. Yeah, but yeah, it's one of those that I don't know what it is about basketball players that want to be rappers. I don't I don't know what that's about. But um yeah, he's one of those. <laughs> I was like, this feels like such an obvious reference to Kobe Bryant. Like R.I.P. but Rapping is not for everybody. Yeah. It's definitely not for Boris Kojo. No, I can't. I can't imagine. He said, I got marriage on my menu. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But Sydney does a profile on him for XXL. You know, she says every interview of when he fell in love with hip hop. We don't ever hear when he ever fell in love with hip hop. So I. I mean, he had, probably had something, but, like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and then we go to Ren and Ten in the studio. This is when Dre snaps. <laughs> they are harmonizing. They're bringing their their unique styles together. You know, 
their unity together on the who is mine. Oh, also, it's very funny that I guess Reese is a lawyer and she ends up representing them. Mm-hmm. And she told Sydney that they were the real deal because they see Sydney and 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 Kelby at this restaurant and then like on their interview date. Yeah, it was an interview date. Like it's, <laughs> it's like it's not even like a regular interview. It's like in a nice darkened restaurant. And here comes Ren and Tan. And this is when they have the white and black mismatched, you know, fur coats. Mm-hmm. Um, and With yeah. do rags and shit. And do rags. Yes, they both got do. Well, no, Ren. One of whoever decided to be Ren, because they didn't know who decided to be what. They didn't even know what who was Ren and who was Tan for the longest time. But the white guy <laughs> has on a do rag. The other one does not because he's got dreads. But girl. Uh, <laughs> They start rapping in the restaurant. All I remember what he said was that they had Mugu by, Mugu guy pan. <laughs> it's like, no, these lyrics. <laughs> Why does it feel like something from Migos? Oh man. I mean, doesn't the whole is mine feel like a proto like Future and Drake track? Yeah, I mean. One of my favorite future lyrics is like, I just put your bitch in some Gucci flip flops. <laughs> yeah, what happened to Future? Somebody must have broke his heart. Did yeah. you know he was making all this song? Remember he made that song with a uh, um, with Kelly Rowland? That's Which song? Uh, uh, you ain't gonna. What is the one? Oh, Never End, the remix. Mm. I, I like the like, song he did with Rihanna, where he sounded like a, a love robot song. Kind. Yeah, he sounded like mm-hmm. a dying microwave. Mm-hmm. Love song. L O V E E E. It's like seven E's. Yeah, I used to love Never End though. I I did not know where Future came from, but he don't make music like that anymore. That was almost ten years ago. Yeah, that's that's wild actually. Oh, that was the same thing with Tony Montana and Magic. Magic was on that song. The one with Ti. Mm. He had some. I mean, there's some joints on here. I can't lie. I mean, I guess. But like, but this song feels like something from like one of their like joint albums. Yeah. Well, I mean, we just heard. Time. We literally just heard way too sexy. It's <laughs> so. It's gonna happen. I know it is. I hope they bring it to life. Wow, we're gonna put that energy out into the universe, and yeah, I'm putting I'm putting all kinds of dark energy in the universe. Honestly, yeah, yeah. This podcast is dark sided from start to finish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but this is what sets Dre off, and he's just like, I can't, I can't do this no more. I can't. No more. I regret doing this. I regret making any of these deals. All our deals are shady. A lot of people's record deals be real shady. <laughs> 360 deals. All that. Um, I think in the midst of all this, we haven't really talked about, like, most deaf, a.k.a. Is it Cav? Cavi? Chris? Chris? Cavi? Yeah, I don't know what Cavi is supposed to be. But that's his, like, stage name. So most deaf plays a aspiring rapper who you know he does shows but he's like you know more of like a like an MC like he's like a rapper he's not like a you know a lot a lot of flash and all that stuff but yeah so he's been trying to recruit this like MC but you know Cav is basically like listen I don't want to work with y'all like y'all are 
y'all are shady. And he's like, I don't work for Millennium anymore. I want to start my own label. He's going to start a label called Brown Sugar Records. And uh, he wants Cat to be his first, like, signee. Um, and Cab makes him wash his cab <laughs> to prove himself. And give him all the change he finds in the backseat. Yeah, don't be stealing none of my change. <laughs> well, it's true. It's not your car. You don't be stealing people's change out their car. You do I mean, raggedy. You know, you do that, you raggedy. <laughs> oh, Brittany be stealing change out her mama car. If I find it on the floor, I tell her, I'm like, I'm going to take this quarter. Wow. Dre is telling Sydney about the label. Oh, he, ooh, child. And uh, Sydney writes him a check, which is very nice. I don't know how much it cost to start a record label back then. Um, basically, I don't even think, I mean, usually you expect to have like offices and things like that, you know? Because some people be like, I mean, like, didn't Def Jam start in like Rick Rubin's like bedroom or some shit like that? It's like his dorm mm-hmm. room or whatever. <laughs> like, Def Jam started with nothing. Yeah, like, it was basically. started by some kids. Yeah, it was usually, like, especially, like, back then, like, in the 80s, it was children. (laughs) These were, like, kids who were, like, maybe in college, you know, and that kind of thing. And uh, I don't know how much money she gave him, but she gives him a check without, you know, saying, like, anything, which comes to be a problem later, but um, for, like, a reason that is not necessarily money-related. But, um Dre told Sydney before he told Reese. Again, you got to move your wife up to the number one spot in your heart and move your bestie down to number two. I feel and like for stuff like this, you might want to be like, hey, babe. And this is, they had cell phones, so she he could have called her. <laughs> oh, Ashley, oh, this is important. We forgot an important part, Ashley. Oh, yeah, so, the cell phones. They both have these fancy cell phones. They, they, they both have same. those Nokia with the na- faceplates that you can switch off. Was that the Nokia? Oh. It had like yeah, an antenna. Yeah, it looked like a Nokia. It had like an antenna, so I didn't know. It wasn't like the, the little brick phone, but it was like a fancy, like slim, like millennium version of like a Nokia. You know, because everything they, is silver, so it was real jazzy. <laughs> They're, they're they're literally the same phone. So one day Dre picked up his her phone and he was trying to call Sydney and he couldn't because her number wasn't in the phone. Yeah. And she was like, he was like, dang, I keep picking up. I picked up your phone by accident, and that's important later. Yeah, it becomes a very important plot point. Um, but Reese is pissed at him because it's a big you know, major decision that's going to affect the both of them because now she's the breadwinner. Um, and she's like, you're so impulsive and blah, blah, blah. And she ends up really just calling it like his record label thing, like his little goofy like hobby or whatever. Even though like music is like the one, like his number one love. He probably loves music more than he loves Sydney. <laughs> but like, <laughs> she doesn't really take him seriously. You know what it kind of reminded me of is like that part in like Soul Food where my man wanted to go to the studio he wanted to do what was it called? What was the what was their group called? <laughs> Milestone. Oh, bro. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and Terry was like, hell no. no. <laughs> Not with my money. And actually, Terry was right because yeah. fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> you did it with my cousin. But in this case, it's a little did. different. 
yeah, like this is a this is something that he's wanted to do, and he has the money saved, but it's not like he knows like anything. But at the same time, he's a me- like a record executive. Like he should know people. Like it's not like if I said I want to start a record label and I know nobody. Mm-hmm. Like he knows people, so I'm like, she just wasn't supportive of him at all. But it really was, I think, just due to the fact that he didn't tell her first. Yeah, and he was. He just like I just did it. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like, is it now? Is I feel like it was a Kelby. It was the research Kelby who said like, if you put a man and a woman together long enough, something will go down. Which is basically like what Harry said in when Harry met Sally. <laughs> I think Kelby, Kelby said it. Yeah, because I think he asked like Sydney, like, was that your your ex boyfriend when they had met at that restaurant? And she was mm-hmm. like, no. And then she was like, also like, why are you asking? <laughs> is that your business? Um. So, Kelby and Sydney are dating. Um, that part where, where <laughs> Jerry was like, that nigga ain't cook for you. <laughs> um, he whispering on the phone, talking about, he ain't cook for real. That nigga just running game. I know what game is, and he just running it. Cause did you see him cook? I cook for you. And she's like, well, you burnt bologna and fried eggs, so it's not cooking. Yeah, that's but nasty. you didn't see him cook, so he didn't cook. When he came out the thing and he had no food on his apron, I feel like, you know, because he shut down a restaurant for her um, on their on busiest their first night. Date. Yeah, on their busiest night. This is like an actual date, not a real, you know, because he had sent her all these flowers and stuff, too. That was beautiful and sweet. It was nice. And her apartment's so cute. And so it just really looked like this real, like, festive sort of, like, love bomb <laughs> of roses and things like that. But, like, um. Yeah, Dre is like he's, I don't think he's jealous, but he's like that man is playing you, and she's like, well, well, he fine. <laughs> We're gonna have sex. She's like, well, it worked. It worked. Bye. And then now Dre looks like he's like doing a booty call in the middle of the night. His wife in the back. Right, like, Sydney. Sydney. <laughs> His wife in the back, like he's cheating. So later, Reese and Sydney have like this. They end up meeting at the gym because like Sydney goes. Oh no, Reese goes to Sydney's gym. Sydney sees her flirting with men's, and they're doing like a I don't know like a boxing thing. They're doing like a partner thing, and Reese is hitting the shit out of them pads. <laughs> I was scared. I thought she was gonna slip and punch uh, Sydney in the face. Honestly, honestly, she was hitting really hard. So if she had, it would have been probably intentional. <laughs> Cause them, them, the they were connecting. They were connecting <laughs> with the with the pads. But they're basically like you're Sydney. Just or not Sydney. Reese is like you're in love with my husband, and it's understandable. But like it's not okay because he tells you things that he won't tell me. And Sydney's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, she's like, I'm not gonna apologize for it. She does that little that little sad hit. <laughs> She's like, I am not in love with your man, and I'm not gonna apologize for being his friend, and you need to get over it, okay? Yeah, it's like everybody can see except for Sydney, literally. And she's like, I don't care, but y'all need to get over that little, he got that little record label thing that he's going on, he didn't even tell me about it. She's like, it's not a record label thing, it is his life. And yeah. everybody's like, uh. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, it's getting a little bit spicy over there. <laughs> uh, so I guess the next scene is, this was like straight out of soul food. It's like a, 
New Year's party at Sydney's house where like Dre kind of gives this toast because, you know, it's, you know, he got married, but he lost his job and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then he gives like a dedication to Sydney, oh, which, bro. which I was like, yo, in front of your wife, <laughs> <laughs> in front of your wife that you're oh. fighting with. But he says that you are the perfect verse over a tight beat. And then it was like, oh, and then Reese is like, bitch, I'll kill you. So like, you know, <laughs> like just a smidge awkward. Yeah. Like that you, you call your wife the perfect verse over a tight beat. Yeah, like what, like what do you call your best friend? What do you call Reese? Um, I know his mind went blank. Like, mm. <laughs> um, yeah. He, he just acknowledged his wife. She's like, "Yeah, I got married. This is my wife to Sydney. You are the most <laughs> perfect woman in the world." not see myself living without you <laughs> like it's really <laughs> the perfect verse over type beat yeah it's like for them it's like really intense to say like if somebody said that to me now i'd be like that's kind of corny but like that was like really intense to say <laughs> and kelby ends up proposing mm-hmm. at the party and then, and then drake freaks out like why are you freaking out over your best friend getting engaged when you're already married? Yeah, you should mind your business. Mm-hmm. At that point, you don't have nothing to say. Now, if you're both single, you probably say something. But see, you're not both single. <laughs> I hope you could have remedied that situation at the wedding. But see, you didn't do it at the wedding when you should have. Mm-hmm. So, this is when you had to, you know, forever hold your peace it also goes for the groom as well like you it's not just for the the people in the audience like everybody gotta shut the hell up but i also love how cav is flirting with france uh very awkwardly he's very awkward i don't even remember what he, oh he said her food was delicious and nutritious <laughs> you didn't just say the chicken was good <laughs> <laughs> he, he wanted to put extra spice on it. It's so sweet. Yeah. He wanted, you know, he wants some Queen Latifah spice on it. But she's just like, I don't know. He young. <laughs> he young. I don't know. And and Francis has been married before. So this is why she's kind of like, eh. Um, Kelby's trying to put people onto his raps. They're not good. <laughs> no. Everybody kept coming out of the kitchen. And I like the editing. The editing's kind of like choppy, but it's like really good. Like I like it kind of how they do it. But everybody was coming in and out of that kitchen kind of being like having drama with each other. Because <laughs> like uh, Sydney and Dre ends up like like kind of like not fighting, but they're like arguing about it. Because she's like, I just want to be his wife. <laughs> like, and I want to eat little little uh, cucumber sandwiches with the crust cut off. And Jake's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I just want you to be happy for me, okay? Basically, like, that's all you're supposed to really do. <laughs> As a friend, you're supposed to at least be happy for somebody. But, um, you know, they kind of have a little resolution, but still stuff is kind of not all the way resolved. And then a big thing is that she goes to Kelby's practice to talk about wedding stuff, and then she's also, I guess, talking about, I don't know, like, work-related stuff. She ends up asking him, has he ever, like, what does she think about, I know, what does he think about, her, like, her last article, and all he can say is it's good, because he didn't read it. 
He only read the article that she wrote about him. He has never read any of her other stuff. Red flag emoji. You don't necessarily have to read your partner's work if they're a writer. If you don't want to, I guess. But what else do you talk about? A nice gesture to do that shows that you're supportive of their career. That's her life. Like, that's her life before you. That's going to be her life after you. And, like, I could see if you just didn't read any of her work at all, but to just read the one article that she wrote about you to see if she wrote something good about you is something. Yeah, it's real, real sus. Real sus. (laughs) And, uh... And she's kind of, like, miffed about it. And then we get to the part. So the phone thing comes back. Because I think, like, they're recording. Like, Cav is recording, like, a his debut single or whatever. And I think in the process, J- like, Dre either gets a text message. Real. I don't even know if we were calling them texts back then. I don't know what we were calling them. Like, SMSs or something. Yeah, it might have been a... SMS. It, it definitely costs 30 cents per message. Yeah. Sending and receiving. Mm-hmm. But turns out that he has Reese's phone and Reese is supposed to be meeting someone. Named at, Richard. Yeah, Richard Lawson. And so Dre calls up Sydney and goes to the <laughs> to the restaurant and Reese is all cozied up with this Richard Lawson person. And they're like, hey. <laughs> How are you doing? Hi, what's going on? And they're like, you're all looking all cozy up and stuff. It's so crazy, though, because you know what? She's my wife. And Richard's like, what? He's like, ah. <laughs> ah. And they were singing love songs to each other or something too. Yeah. Yeah. They were they was cozy. It they was real cozy. And Dre does his infamous, like, you know, we're gonna be celebrating a little bit. <laughs> Please do it, Brittany. I don't know. He's like, what are y'all gonna celebrate? He's like, my divorce. <laughs> With the champagne flutes too. Oh yeah. And Sydney there the whole time, embarrassed. She was embarrassed. Just embarrassed. Why'd you bring me to this? Like, <laughs> he was like, "What's wrong?" I cut. He's like, "I helped slash your tires of your date when he didn't come get you for prom." And she was like, "Yes, we were in high school." <laughs> She's like, "We're almost thirty years old. We can't be doing shit like that." Just embarrassed. But Dre remembers Sydney's first published article, and actually, can recite pieces of the article. Like, line by line. Because he's read all of her work since. Yeah. When she moved to L.A., he would go and get the L.A. Times from whatever newsstand and go to the park and read her column. She, had, I think she had, like, a weekly column or something. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I mean, that's love. <laughs> yeah. Being interested in your in your your significant other's things is is love, you know. I don't know if you do it to that degree, but you know it's important to be a little bit interested. What else she gonna talk about with Kelby? Like, 
I'm a writer. Duh. What do you want me to do? Talk to you about being on the nets? Like, what? What do you even do? She. Kelby seemed dry and boring, but. I think most basketball players are dry and boring. I, I like watching some get radicalized. Yeah, it's a little slippery slope over there. <laughs> as, they, as they learn. I'm. JR, it's a I'm journey. Talking, yes. You get that onk, I swear to God. I swear to God. No, because you know what? He was like, good for Kyrie for not, for, for standing up for himself. And I was like, well, it's come. <laughs> Put on that koofy today. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I just wanted to win. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dre and Sydney end up finally having sex and Sydney is horrified as I guess friends that have sex usually do <laughs> at least in the movies and also it was like apparently seven minutes of blissful <laughs> loving at least in Harry met like when Harry met Sally like Miss Mamas looked like she was satisfied she had her water bottle. She was ready to watch a movie and cuddle, and Harry was just ready to get the fuck out. She, he was like, "Ooh, I gotta, I got to go. You ain't gotta work today, cause I do." He's like, "Don't you have a job? <laughs> Don't you have somewhere to be? Cause I know I do." Mm-hmm. So. Don't everybody got work? Yeah, I'm like, don't you have some job to do? It's like a Monday. <laughs> But she's up, like, Sydney's upset. She's like, it was a very, very bad thing. And also, she's still going to marry Kelby. She's yeah. not going to tell him at all. Andre is upset. Yeah, because after what they shared, the nine minutes of bliss, and she was like, it was five minutes. He was like, let's, let's settle on seven. He's like, didn't I change everything for you? He's, she's like, mm. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's like, it wasn't terrible, but like, come on. And uh, so they're pretty much like their friendship is like on the rocks. Um, Dre and Mostep, soup, not Mostep, sorry, Dre and Cav are at, also at Hot Night Seven trying to get his song on the radio, which you can see how. They were just kind of not interested. I don't know what you would have to do to get your song on the radio back then. Um, but it doesn't seem like a fun experience to, like, sit there in an office all day for some woman to be like, all right, thank you. Like, leave just a couple of those. And just, like, she's on the phone while she's talking to you. Like, it would be very frustrating. Because the song yeah. is cute. Like, it's not my thing. But it's like, you know, walking in New York in the fall type song. Yeah, I would skip it on my playlist, but yeah, it's not a, it's not a, to me, it's not a driving song. <laughs> it's not a, you know, how's it sound in the whip type song, but it's like a sweet, you know, it's got like a neo soul vibe to it. I feel like, but yeah, they don't like the song. <laughs> um, and I think that's like another theme is kind of like. Do you look back towards your roots or do you innovate and you move on is like one thing that Sydney says. Because she goes and meets Dre in his hotel room because he's living in a hotel now. He let Reese have the house. <laughs> and he's wearing the most ridiculous leather pants. 
I feel like leather pants should come back. I feel like who's going to wear them appropriately? It don't matter if it's worn appropriately. I just feel like they should come back. They should all like people should. Who should wear, be the first one to start it then? Who me? No, I mean who should be the first one? Um, a man. Who do I want to see wear leather pants? Because we're talking about leather pants for men. Like I think women mm-hmm. are fine mm-hmm. with the leather pants sometimes, but like men, they have to be tight. They have to be like they were tight, tight pants. They were too tight with that random blue shirt. Um, actually, wouldn't even shirt. Where's my mind taking me? Where's my mind taking? It's not Drake. It, I was gonna say Drake, but that I would throw. I up. don't think that's um, that's not. No, um, that's not sexy enough. Um, my mind is taking me. I want to see Aldis in some leather pants. Now, Aldis Hodge in some leather pants, bitch. I want to see that. It'll probably be Harvey. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> It'll probably be Steve Harvey. Unfortunately, yeah. I'm sorry. It's it's swinging that way. Fall yeah. just started a couple weeks ago. <laughs> It'll probably be him. Now he's a style icon. Sydney's mad because. She got Cavs like a uh, single as like their, I don't know, it's like an unsigned review or something. Like they would review unsigned artists, um, which back then, you know, like you can get put on the map for stuff like that. I mean, you still have like the sources, like five mics review, which I think they only gave to like a handful of people. Um, the source is not really much of anything nowadays I don't think but you know this is like a big deal so she's upset you know because she's the editor and she's like the uh since she's the editor-in-chief she does the unsigned review and she says it's a conflict of interest because she gave him money yeah she's essentially like the co-founder of the record label yeah yeah she's like at least if if not co-founder then she's probably like uh um what is it? Like an investor, like an early investor. And so it's going to make it sound like, oh, you want my shit to pop. <laughs> I, I, I orchestrated this. So like, you know, the stuff that I invested in will pop off. And she's upset. But he was like, I could have given you that record anytime. So like, this is like a good thing. Like, I'm happy. But she didn't she didn't review it. She gave it to somebody else who didn't even like it. And so he's upset. And he's like, you got to go do your thing. And she's like, no. <laughs> I can't do that. And then they start talking about how he's like, you want hip hop music to change and and grow. And she's like, I do want it to change. I just don't like how things are changing. And it's like all basically like, you know, they're talking about the relationship without talking about the relationship. Mm -hmm. Hip hop is huge, right? (laughs) She just like didn't want, you know, people always talk about changing things. But then when things change, they don't like how they change. Change is hard and change is different. Change is change. Change is musty, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes not into it. But um, but she was basically like, you keep talking about hip-hop has lost its way. You don't like where it's going. So, like, this is something that it's obviously, like... I wouldn't say as far back as something like Rapper's Delight, but like it is very kind of an old school vibe, you know? It definitely don't sound like trap music. 
Hmm. I think they would hate trap music. Oh my god. Trap music is good though. Yeah, I mean, like, what are you supposed to rap about? Like, if you don't trap, like, <laughs> if you trap, what do you want? What do you want to tell? What do you want to tell Gucci Man? You want to tell him? Don't rap about that. Um. God. Oh, freaky girl by Gucci Man. Oh. Art. It's mm. art. It's art. It is. It's high art. Yeah, high art. <laughs> Gucci Man was on NPR. He was on uh-huh. the uh, Tiny Desk. And uh, he had yeah. he had Zaytoven playing the piano, and Zaytoven was going off back there in the car. <laughs> he was just him and Zaytoven on the piano, a little back and track. If you haven't watched that video, you should. Just for Zaytoven, honestly. So, I mean, basically, I guess, like, Sydney and Dre's friendship is over. Um, and Kelby's over it <laughs> as well. Because <laughs> he'd be like, he was like, look here. I don't. You don't want to get married, do you? Because, well, like, I'm, like, I'm just I, fucking tired. <laughs> like, you don't want to get married. Well, yeah, he's like, I'm tired of here. I don't care. I don't want to hear about you and Dre. Like, and she's like, oh, I don't know what to do. I just feel so helpless. And he's like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> he, he like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm over it. Look, yeah, you don't want to get yeah, married. Let's I don't just even wrap know. this up. Yeah, like what? Is, I didn't even know how he broke it up. They were like on their way to something, weren't they? <laughs> he she was, was like to a show, and he was there the whole time. Oh yeah, he was mad. Mm-hmm. I, was like, I was like, bro, you got you're a basketball player. Like you could literally just have them fly them out, <laughs> fly them out to your house. Just get them to put on a production in your house. It was that dire. And she was like, oh, like she didn't protest or anything, talking about she didn't want to get married. She was just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's just like, it's just so obvious, bruh. She wasn't like, oh, no, you're wrong. I do want to get married, babe. She was just like, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and then we never heard from Kelby again. And Kelby disappeared into the night. Mm-hmm. And she's going to go, I guess, talk to Dre again. You know, because they go and, you know, console each other and stuff. I guess she is. I don't know. But she she ends up seeing Dre and Reese after they have, like, one last drink of, like, say goodbye to this relationship because I'm about to take all your money type mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, it's like, uh, Reese, she gave it, like, Reese was trying. Reese was like, yeah, I went to a divorce lawyer. The divorce lawyer asked me, well, what did you do to try to save this marriage? And I said, uh, nothing. And he <laughs> said, <laughs> he said, uh, why don't you try to do something? And I was like, uh, divorce lawyer, you're right. So that's why I called you down here, Dre. Um, I feel like we should maybe try to save our marriage. And Dre was like, mm, I don't love you. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> Basically. I'm not into and, it. And Reese was like, uh, yeah, you're right. You don't love me. You love Sydney, don't you? And he was like, yeah, I do. So she was like, yeah, I'm going to have to take you for all your money. He was like, I ain't got no money. Here, you can have these $2 I got in my pocket. 
Yeah, he put down his last few dollars and like, there you go. <laughs> and she's like, well, you know, I'm glad we're coming to, to the end of our six-month relationship. And um, I guess we got, let's have a drink. Let's have a couple of drinks and celebrate the end of our six-month relationship. Yeah, basically. And, yeah. uh, um, yeah, so she sees him sort of giving, like, one last goodbye kiss, and she assumes that they're back together or whatever. Listen, people, y'all just need to have conversations. Yeah. not Maybe not at that moment, but a little later. Yeah, I mean, this probably would have been solved with a text message, but... <laughs> yeah, get that, send that 30 cents yeah. SMS. Yeah, this would be worth it. Any other time, I'd be like, no, girl, save your money. But this might have been worth it. Uh, and um, basically, I guess Sydney finally finishes her book, um, which she does this kind of ridiculous toast to hip hop. I'm like, okay, girl. Like, it, she's looking like a scorned lover. <laughs> like, it's not, I was like, oh, I guess that's kind of. Like, what if I just sat there in my house, if I was, like, a celebrated writer and just was like, to hip-hop music, how much I love you. Like, um, yeah, me and um, hip-hop, we've really been through it. Um, hip-hop and I have been together since we were uh, 11, and um, we had our share of ups and downs, and, um, you know, hip-hop got married on me, and... Um, <laughs> I wasn't really expecting that. Yeah. You know, I thought um, hip-hop and I would be single until we both decided to marry each other, but hip-hop decided to get married on me. You know, it's de- okay. That's a sad story you tell your kids, and they're like, what, Mommy? <laughs> mommy, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, because when he got married to Reese, she said, oh, did you ever think hip-hop would make it to the mainstream? <laughs> I never thought I'd have to share and stuff I'm like I mean yeah you know the whole hip hop in the mainstream thing it is kind of a difficult decision but she started talking about Dre and like it's like lady what did you think he was gonna do <laughs> he's just gonna stay single forever I guess cause it had kind of made it seem like he was like a ladies man or whatever and he didn't really stay in relationships that long but I was like yeah they were of- like oh she laughed like she's sticking around she's been around for a minute yeah a whole month <laughs> A whole month. Um, Dre is over it with the lady at Hot 97. So he's basically like, I will annoy the shit out of you until you play this song. First, you're going to listen to the song, and then you're actually going to add it to your rotation. Or I'm going to be back in your office every single week with the album. About to play for you until you play this on the radio. So he eventually gets his music on the radio. Because the lady was like, okay, fine. Like, what? <laughs> and um, Sydney is giving an interview with the one and only Angie Martinez, uh, a legendary, um, I don't know what you would call her, like radio personality? Yeah, slash rapper. Yeah, she did used to rap, but she rapped occasionally. She was on Ladies Night. or the Sorry, not the Ladies Night. She was on Not Tonight, the Ladies Night remix. And she also had her own album that came out, which you can't stream it because I actually did like that song. That single she had put out was like "If I Could Go" or something. Come to go. Wow, I think who was it? Was that Lil Mo on the song? I think it was. 
Yes. Yeah, you can't stream her music, although she had a song with Khalees. I didn't know that. Oh, man. She had a couple wow. of things. I know. That's such a blast from the fucking past. But, I mean, if you're on freaking Ladies Night, if you're on Not Tonight, like, people are still talking about, oh, could we do that, like, in the 21st century? And as no. of this moment, I don't want to hear anybody. No, unfortunately, the ladies don't like each other. And the ones that do like each other, it's like, I like one of you, but I don't like all of you. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. Like, it makes me sad. Yeah. I mean, there's some good ones, but like, I just am not interested in everybody's musical contributions, <laughs> unfortunately. So, um, yeah, we can hold off on that. We don't have to do that. Um, and I don't think it would sound good either. Everybody... Okay, who was it? Was Left Eye, Missy, um, Kim, Kim, and uh, and Angie, right? And who else? And Missy, Missy mm-hmm. had a little bit of something. I don't know if you're gonna replicate that energy. All I remember is Left Eye going, "Uh, never the one, the gun." <laughs> I just I love rap. I love rap. I love hip hop. Missy was just like, you're not about to have me on this track singing like Patty LaBelle or something. <laughs> she was like, I'm here to spit. Oh, I'm so mad that Missy wasn't involved. Well, you know what? It's, it's, whatever. Um, <laughs> and Dre ends up calling. So, okay. So these are the things she's talking about hip hop music. And, you know, she reveals the title of her book, which is I Used to Love Him, which I was like, girl, just tell him. <laughs> And he calls in, Dre calls in and says, when did you fall in love with hip hop? And she said, I, you know, some, I don't know, when she watched Slick Rick and them in the park. And he's like, no, when did you first fall in love with hip hop? And she was like, (laughs) she was like, Dre, I've loved you since the day I met you. And I was like, it just just took all that. You you took the, uh, uh, I don't, I think Hot 97 was syndicated at this point, maybe. <laughs> you just told the world your business. Yeah, you just told everybody, shit, if this is satellite radio, girl, you'd have told the whole world. <laughs> it took that long. And he, he asked a whole bunch of questions, and they just like, Trey, I loved you. I knew I loved you before I met you, like on some Savage Garden shit. And I was like, oh, this is romantical. Okay, you getting in a taxi. You about to go meet your boo at the radio station. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, he, yeah. He's 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 in uh, Cav's little cab, and they're running in the halls, and he's still on the phone talking to her. And then he he does, like, because he had said earlier, he's like, I wouldn't have got, I wouldn't have bought the restaurant for you. I would have just given you a little note that says, will you go out with me? Yes box, no box, or maybe. And so he posts that on the, on the window of the, of the booth, like, do you want to go out with me? <laughs> yes. And, and, and France, luckily France was there and be like, girl, talk to him, please. Please, because <laughs> everybody just, is tired of both of them. You know, when you see that, and you're just like, can y'all get it together so we don't have to deal with this anymore? Like, I love you both, but please, <laughs> for everybody's sake, please, for the love of God. Um, 
And yeah, Sydney's like, yes. And they just start making out. And Angie's like, we're making love connections up in here. And I'm sorry, if I was Angie Martinez, and she do look a little uncomfortable. She's just like, wow. I mean, I'm sure she's had plenty of wild shit that's happened in the studio. Because back in the day, New York radio was something the fuck else. (laughs) That just made me think of those Wendy Williams interviews. I like it's the Wendy Whitney Williams of it all. Wendy was on the phone with her and was like, "I'm gonna beat you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because everybody was so mad when Wendy Williams, because like Angie's not a Wendy Williams. Angie is very much like a like the chill homegirl that you talk to. And she's a very personable interviewer. I love watching her interviews. Wendy Williams is I don't <laughs> she can get the wildest reactions out of people and I'm not saying that everything she does and had did was good because <laughs> it really wasn't um but at the same time like I mean if you have a group of R&B girls coming to the studio to beat your ass <laughs> like <laughs> that's what people used to be on back then <laughs> like Whitney Houston was like, I'm going to pull up. <laughs> Every time somebody puts that clip on Twitter, I have to listen to it all the way through because she was not playing. No. Also, Mariah Carey, I feel like, was like, yeah, Whitney, I'm, I'm going to beat your ass too. <laughs> yeah, because she asked her if her boobs were real. <laughs> it was like live on the radio. <laughs> Like, it's so terrible. But, like, I remember, like, when everybody got mad at Wendy for what she said about Miss Vegan. What's her name? I don't know what her name is, but the vegan lady that everybody loves. And she had commented on her and her husband, and they were like, oh, she read her down. I was like, Wendy does not care. Oh, oh, yeah. I was like, Wendy does not care. She has had way worse happen She in has her said studio. way worse than she, she has She said had. way worse. What's his name? Charlemagne almost got his ass beat after her show of hers on the corner. Like, before he had quit her show, he got beat, almost got beat up on the corner. And there's a clip of that. So New York Radio was on some other shit. Like, I don't think Angie ever expected this. I mean, there's way worse going to happen, you know. But, you know, Love Connection is not that bad. Yeah. She was still making it run. She was like, get the, get the album. Get the album since to play it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, she was still doing her job, but yeah. And then um, Cal is talking to France about champagne flutes and shit like that. He did that. some research. He did some research about Marie Antoinette and, you know, you know, shaped like a woodwind instrument, like a flute. <laughs> and she was like, do you just want to go out with me? He was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's cute. I It was very cute. And they just start playing the song, and they just, they're finally together. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they stay together. If Sydney's not hard-headed, and Dre's not obnoxious. Um, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. They didn't list out all the things they didn't like about each other. Well, the, all the negative things that they liked about each other. Hmm. Like, like Harry did. Hell Yeah. Harry's little list was wild. Harry, Harry said, you are annoying as shit, but I love you. <laughs> you my boo, girl. You my boo and all those little ridiculous things that you do in restaurants and stuff. Like, you know, it's annoying, but it's fine. 
That's actually yeah. more of like a Mr. Darcy type of thing. Where he was mm-hmm. like, your family sucks and your mother talks too much, but you're great. <laughs> <laughs> and you talk too much too, but you're still great. <laughs> Damn. Basically what he said in all versions of that damn story. <laughs> he said, your, your family is trash, but you know, you're all right. <laughs> you cool. You're all right sometimes, girl. But yeah, that's the end of Brown Sugar. Would you recommend this movie? I would. Um, there are some failings, like I mentioned in the beginning. There's some people who, in hindsight, should never have, you know, been celebrated. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, either, you know, for various reasons. Also, I did like some of like the more like, there's a couple like homophobic jokes in this that most Def's character does. Um, I don't like that. But, um... Yeah, I mean, overall, it's a really cute, really fairly simple, straightforward love story. Um, it's got a lot of, you know, the things that we kind of are looking for in a movie and as far as like, will they or won't they? Of course, I have seen this movie a million times, including the time I actually went with my mom to see this movie. So like, <laughs> I own this movie or I, one of us owns this movie. I could not find it. I think my mom owns the soundtrack. So like, this has been like a part of my family for a long time now um and i mean it's pretty like i said pretty straightforward but i think like sanaa and and, um and tay Diggs have enough chemistry that it works and and you know it has enough comedic relief as well as far as like um like queen latifah and I keep calling him most deaf. I'm sorry. Yasin Bey. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, it's got a lot of, like, history to it as well. Of course, it stops at a particular time. But, um, yeah, I would say yes. Um, it's also funny because didn't, like, Tay Diggs cheat on Sonali Thin and The Best Man? Um, technically, no. They weren't together, but she wanted to be together. No, they were together. Oh, shit. Never mind. <laughs> I forget. I have not seen The Best Man in a really long time. They were together. But when he was going to go cheat on her. <laughs> in the midst of the cheating. He was going, like, he was going to go fuck. But things happened and he wasn't able to complete the action. Well, so he technically did not cheat on her. But he fully intended to. Wow. I, I, I would consider that a, a cheating. <laughs> I would consider that a cheating, man. Um, if you were in the process of doing it, that was a cheating. Yeah, he was going to do it. Like, he was ready to do it. Yeah. He was fenced to do it. Yeah, you. He just couldn't. You ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then he proposed to her. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, I think they have, I think they have way better chemistry in this movie. Anyway, um, then the best man, because it's kind of, you know, they're kind of awkward. <laughs> so that was very awkward in that movie, um, at least as far as I remember it being. But uh, yeah, I would recommend this. This is like a nice, fun, easy watch. I wish it was like maybe something more updated. But I mean, like we said, we can't, you can't encompass like a whole genre of music, especially now. It's been like almost like 50 years of this. <laughs> <laughs> Which is un- it almost sounds like like wild to hear, but you know, you can't really encompass everything. But I think it's a nice little cute 
cute film, cute, cozy film to watch with, you know, a mug of hot chocolate and some soup. Yeah. Um, so I would recommend it. I picked it for our um, picks this month. And for, for the first time in a long time, this was a pick that I did not regret. <laughs> um, usually when I pick something, something pops up that it's like, oh no. <laughs> and I didn't have too many of those, oh no moments. Um, like when I picked How High, yeah, um, well, which was a very, oh no movie. Um, yeah. But <laughs> of course, like this movie was made almost 20 years ago. So not everything in the film aged well. Um, but I felt like it is an ode to hip hop. Like it is a love story to like a it's a love story. It's about hip hop. It's a genre of music I really enjoy listening to, a genre of music I love. Um and it recognizes that it is also a really nice love story. It's a nice romantic comedy. Um, it's well acted. I like you said. I feel like um, Tay Diggs and Sonali then have good chemistry. Queen Latifah, as always, even though her role is sm- small in this particular film, she does an amazing job um, as Francine. Um, and it is just a nice, comforting movie to watch this time of year, which is why I picked it. So I would recommend it. It is on HBO Max right now. It probably still will be by the time this is released, hopefully. And if it's not, it's probably like $2 to rent. You can probably find it at a used um, video store if they still exist on Amazon, wherever you find stuff cheap. <laughs> um, and it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I would say All these beautiful black people in there, too. We managed to go the whole episode without saying that. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. All these beautiful black people. Um, and it was like a nice like mix of people, I think. Like, it didn't feel too like bougie black people. It felt like a nice sort of, you know, like the well-educated and the people who drive cabs and the boat. Like, it's a whole... It's not everybody, obviously, but it felt more representative of the black experience in some ways. Um which is another thing I kind of had an issue with in a couple of other movies that we've watched where I didn't feel like they talked to everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I thought it was really cute. But, like, you know, it's a pretty straightforward film. Um, and it'd be kind of... I mean, I don't like participating in a lot of, like, music conversations nowadays because a lot of them are not good. <laughs> very, very... Um, just making things up. <laughs> so I don't really, I don't really like them. But yeah, it's kind of nice to have, kind of go back and remember all the times I was like super into music and would like do all this like backstory and research and figure out how all these people are sort of linked together and all the record labels. And I was like obsessed with like, I don't know, I wanted to work for a label in what capacity, I have no idea. But like, <laughs> I was very obsessed. So it kind of reminded me of my old nerdy days. Where I was like, I don't know, I probably was like in junior high when this movie came out. So, yeah, it, yeah, it also made me miss like music documentaries a little bit and learning about like where 
these artists came from, where these record labels began. Like I, I, we talked about it like on our Carmen episode, I think it came up, like behind the music, it, we need behind the music back. Oh, y'all do, for um, real. <laughs> like we, we just need it back so you can learn. Um, I don't think we have any um, commentary or emails from anybody. If you want to email us, you can do so at blackgirlfilmclub at gmail.com. You can also hit us up at blkgirlfilmclub on Twitter. You can um, follow us on Instagram at blackgirlfilmclub. Um, listen to this episode and every episode wherever you get podcasts. Um, but if you would love to, we would appreciate it if you would leave us a review. You know, it helps. Where people can mm-hmm. find us. I don't think we'll ever be top of the charts. <laughs> we'll never compete with Joe Rogan. Or maybe we will. Oh, don't. Uh-uh, that's too dark-sided. Don't forget <laughs> Can you imagine the vitriol? <laughs> if that happened. My goodness. That'd be terrible. Um, Yeah, but I don't know. Do we have any announcements? We don't really know what's going on for December. Not yet. Um. We're we're workshopping ideas. <laughs> yes. We're workshopping ideas. Yes, um, we might so. be heading to the future. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was gonna say back to the future, but I don't know that for <laughs> definitively. So I will leave that to, to Brittany. But um, yeah. So I mean, you can listen to like I said every episode of the podcast um, wherever you get podcasts, and you know, let us know if you like this movie. Um, and if you've never seen this movie before, um, which I've, I don't even know what to do if somebody told me they'd never seen I don't know anybody who's never seen this movie before. <laughs> so, but if you if you have never seen this movie before, let us know. Tell us. Tell us what you think. Yeah. And tell us when you fell in love with hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if I could, could I even defend it? Neither side. Let me think. I fell in love with hip hop twice okay the first time when i heard wild wild west by kumo d okay and then the second time when i learned all the lyrics to shoot by salt and pepper okay that is the first rap song that i knew all the lyrics to Mm, i'm trying to think of the first song i knew all the lyrics to i was terrible with lyrics for the longest time uh yeah it's probably Buster rhyme song I would think it was probably that. Um, it was probably what's it gonna be? Oh, that's a good video, good album, good. Um, that was when videos cost money, child. <laughs> Literal investments. Um, yeah, that was a. We should have asked each other that at the beginning. We forgot. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, my bad, y'all. <laughs> but um, yeah. So um, I guess if there's no more announcements um we're gonna say bye until next time bye guys bye everybody